Hey everybody, look, we're on video. Well, that's because we have a very different episode of the show for you today. We're trying to showcase what we can do on YouTube and not just on the audio side. Um, so this is just like a little treat of what um, our YouTube channel is going to look like when it launches in September. So back on August 6th, Liz and I did a cast and crew Q&A for the new film, What We Found, written and directed by Ben Hickernell. The majority of the cast of the film joined us for the conversation, including Jordan Hall, Julian Shatkin, Yatide Badaki, Una Lawrence, and Brandon Luerquente. So here's an edited version of the Q&A, and if you're just listening, that's cool too. Hope you guys enjoy this very different episode of MMIH, and make sure to subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Enjoy. Okay, here we go. Guys, quiet. Sound speeds, camera rolling. Holding for sound. Last looks. Calling for last looks. And set and action. I need to swap batteries. You know, making movies is hard. Making movies is hard. We're going to just talk about everything and everything about this movie. We're going to spoil things. We're going to talk about big plot points. So if you haven't seen the film yet, you should go ahead and rent that movie right now or buy it. And or, then come back to this. And, and just regret it. Listen and regret it. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so without uh, any more blither blather, let's go and talk to Ben about uh, what we found. So Ben, tell us, like, where did this movie come from? Where where did the idea and the kernel for this film, you know, sprout from? Making indie films is hard, as this is why your <laughs> podcast is named that. So I'm going to take like a four-year journey and try to boil it down into like, you know, a minute. But basically, um, I'd done two, uh, I'd done some other projects, but I, as a writer-director, done two kind of indie character dramas. One played at South by Southwest, one played at Seattle, but they were in like a certain little world. And I wanted to do something with a little more genre in it. I wanted to do, for lack of a better term, a more commercial movie. I grew up in Baltimore, and back in 2015, when I started this kind of journey, I, uh, the podcast Serial came out. And this isn't based on Serial. It's not, you know, it's not a direct... Um, uh, port or retelling of that real life story, but Serial happened at Woodlawn High School. I went to Catonsville High School, and they're about like on Google Maps, like 3.5 miles apart. So I was very, um, I got very much wrapped up in that story, um, and I really thought, you know, it could be a really interesting thing to kind of combine my experience of growing up in that same area with a murder mystery that was a similar type of story. Um, you know, because in that real life case, a girl, Heyman Lee, uh, went missing and, and they suspected her boyfriend did it. And the podcast really about whether her boyfriend did it or not. But anyway, that was part of the genesis was just I got wrapped up in that world and I started kind of picturing this story. And the story, I think, is kind of a combination of my own kind of growing up and coming of age experiences. I definitely got bullied in middle school and stuff. I definitely uh, went to the woods with friends to run away from our parents. Uh, I, I definitely smoked weed. That's out in the record now, I guess. I can't, you know, <laughs> I'm president. Maybe I can. But yeah, and then mixing that into this more genre-based um, story uh, that was, you know, reminiscent of things like Stand By Me, but hopefully we're bringing something new and contemporary to it. Um, and so that, yeah, that was kind of the genesis. That was kind of the, um, the like, raison d'etre of, of what it was going to be and why it was going to be. And then obviously there's some thematics that I really care about in this movie. And I think as I wrote the story, besides kind of hitting those genre beats of trying to make it really fun and like accessible and, you know, and, and moving, I also wanted to thematically get into a few, you know, kind of issues that hopefully we get into a bit in the movie too. So that was the idea of where it started. And then, and then began a long road of, you know, the whole of fundraising and putting it together and casting and until now it's out, which is, you know, beautiful. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about the casting and then any of our actors, if they remember things differently, like starkly differently, can they just jump in and correct Ben? 
Um, I mean, cast in this movie was, well, one, one thing I have to give huge props to uh, Barbara McCarthy and Alice Merlin, the casting directors. Uh, they, you know, every time as all these fine people can attest, anytime you make an indie film, there's never enough time and money. So it always comes down to like putting in that extra amount of work. And they really did. Um, some people were very easy to cast. Uh, Brandon was actually, Brandon was the first audition we had for Clay. I'm not kidding. So, we, you know, we had like 2,000 <laughs> auditions or whatever. He was number one, like the first video I saw. And literally, Barbara told me, because I sent an email like, uh, do we need to keep going? And, and she was like, that was the same thing we said when we saw him audition. He was literally the first one. So that was really It's so funny. funny. You never want to be the first one. Like, that's what you're told at like every casting workshop you take. You know, don't be the first one. Wow. But in this case, it, you know, it worked out. Oh, I mean, so I we watched, the one case. <laughs> we watched other auditions, but yeah, Brandon was perfect. Um, uh, Uno was, I mean, we had like 6,000 submissions for Holly and Uno was right wow. at the top of the, yeah. Cause there was just, I guess there are a lot of, you know, people. I had, in that. You never told me that. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we had some more submissions for Holly than any other part. We had thousands. I don't know how Barbara and Alice even, you know, uh, and they probably didn't watch all of them, sadly. I, I will say the one thing I wanted to comment on was, you know, Jordan. Is This is Jordan's first film. And so, you know, we really went out and searched for Marcus. You know, we, um, you know, I think just because of, you know, some of the social issues in this country, there were many fewer submissions for Marcus than there were for Holly, you know, because I think, you know, it's just there, there are fewer families that can afford to have a 14-year-old kid who's like a full-time actor in, you know, in, in, that, uh, in that part of the population. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. So we, I kept pushing them to keep looking. And basically we looked at a few people who had done TV and done this and that. And, you know, Jordan was a Broadway actor. So basically Jordan was not like the first person we saw, you know, we kept peeling the layers of the onion. And then basically, um, you know, we found this video of Jordan's first audition and, uh, and it was great. And he, I think in some ways kind of was like Marcus, but obviously in some ways wasn't, but he had that same kind of intellectual curiosity uh, kind of part of him. And, and basically, I mean, I mean, Jordan, we, we did a few rounds of auditions, right? Because I definitely kept asking you to try things because you you were you had great stuff, but you also weren't that experienced. So we kind of we did a few layers yeah. of auditions until Jordan won the role. Yeah, we had a few meetings, was, and I remember you telling me um, you were like, "Yeah, it's between you and a couple other guys." And I was always like, "Oh my god, like, oh my god, I'm freaking out." And then um, I think there was like we had a Skype call the day before I got the call that I got um, Marcus. And you were basically like, yeah, it's between like you and one other person. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then the next day I got the call and I was like, ah, yay. I'm sorry I was mean. I was probably putting a little pressure on you too to kind of see how you'd <laughs> handle it, you know, to be like, look, it's down to you and somebody else, you know, we're going to do a scene again. We actually have a question from the YouTube page that's about Una. A lot of people are asking about Una, Julian and Jordan um, and their chemistry. And if you guys are still friends and what your first impression of was each other, if you're willing to kind of weigh in, um, it'd be great to hear that. Yeah, no, totally. Um, We all are still connected. We all still check in on each other. But um, Una and I have become like the bestest of friends. And we totally hang out with each other all the time. We were literally with each other like two nights ago. And whenever (laughs) we have like, um, I don't know, we are always together for like the last couple years. And actually, it started with this movie. And we kind of just stayed connected. But Julian, we also check in on him. And we also make sure he's good. And we also send him photos (laughs) when we're together. We check in. So we're all totally still connected. And we have fun. Yeah, we had so much fun on set. Um, specifically, we would always play like Nerf Wars in the hotel because the <laughs> hotel was shaped like, so it was shaped like a square, but right in the middle was like a lawn and a pool. So we would like circle around <laughs> the hotel and play Nerf Wars. It was intense, but yeah. 
that was pretty fun. Did you do any like chemistry casting with the three of them together to make sure that they were going to work as like really close friends or did you just kind of, you know, like you knew they were all good on their own and you're like, they're going to work together. No problem. Did we, did we ever have you guys cross read with each other? Like, like we didn't, we did rehearsal, which was great. But before that, I don't think we did. Right. Am I remembering that? No, we didn't. We kind of met each other and we Instagram DM'd each other and was like, hey, I heard you got this. Hey, I heard you got this. And when we showed up, we kind of just like hung out. That's one of the sad things about indie film is you just don't have, I remember actually with Una too, you know, Una, ha, Una has these, uh, these big agents and uh, we, you know, we had put in the contract like whatever it was, two days of rehearsal. And like, you know, I would have loved to have more, but I was so scared of her agents. I was like, I was like not going to be like, you know, let's like meet another, t-, you know. So anyway, so, um, so yeah, that's one of the indie film is like, I would have loved to have more of a chemistry read or have more, you know, more time to, but you know, you don't have the money and the budget. And uh, I remember your y- y- T-Day flew in like the day before, the night before you started shooting, right? You know, it's, you only have so much time. So time's one of the things. I think it was the pretty much the day of, wasn't it? Maybe. I, uh, yeah, I mean, did you do a night flight? And like that, a the hospital scene happened then. I remember just being like, okay, we're, we're, we're going for this. We're doing this now, eh? Did um, you arrive that morning? I'm pretty sure I arrived that day because I remember my head was still, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was still jet lagged. I think I came from Toronto. And, um, right, you were sure, yeah. LA. And for just for the audience, that knows the scene we're talking about is the hospital scene, which is like the end of the movie, this big scene, which was beautiful. And I remember, I mean, Una, I remember Sweet Una, I remember Una's reaction. I already knew it was a great like performance when we were um, doing it. And I remember so at the end, I remember Una turning and just kind of quietly, I don't know if you said it to someone or to yourself, Una just goes, damn. Like after like the second <laughs> take or something. And I was like, that was so good. It was like, you know, game respecting game. Like Una was just like respecting like Yatide's skills and it was awesome. Um, I was that, just sitting there respecting Una's skills because <laughs> I mean, all the, and every single one of you, like Jordan, I remember in the kitchen and I'm just watching you and I'm just blown away by the lovely work that you were bringing. And, and you know, every time I got to get on that set with somebody, they were, they were, showing, me, they were showing me whole new things, running circles around me. So uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for the lessons, y'all. Yatide, we do have a question Thank for you, you, which is, oh, sorry. Please go on, Jordan. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, someone wants to know, uh, how did you prepare for the role and did you, did you have a personal connection with it? Um, it was, it was actually interesting where it all started was a letter from Ben and him talking a bit about the background, um, and the personal connection that he had with all of it. Um, and it was from there, um, just actually a lot, we spent a lot of time chatting about our backgrounds and what nerds we were, uh, were, are huge nerd. Sorry. Um, (laughs) And sure. just talking a lot about the, what uh, influenced all of this story that came forward. And so I have to say, I pulled a lot from Ben. Um, I mean, not just from the written page, but from Ben himself. And then um, I always like to do, you know, r- random bits of research, but things like um, what it feels like getting shot. And I, I have to say one of the, the best parts of it, though, was just meeting Jordan. And um, yeah, I mean, your performances are just so pure. And it just felt immediately like, yeah, this is, this is my son. And um, I'm not going to let anything happen to this guy. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a combination of all those things. 
I have a follow-up question for you, UT Day. Just, um, you know, you talked about you flew in that morning. You have this huge monologue, this, like, really emotional, deep piece that, like, is really amazing. Like, how do you get yourself in the headspace to, you know, do a scene like that when, you, when you've just arrived on set that, that day and you're just meeting everybody for the first time? Um, well, first off, it always starts with the writing. It, it was so touching. I remember even the first time reading it, I started tearing up. Um, and then the other part is I always actually rely on nerves. I think it's, I'm going to do the dorky, you know, theater thing and, and, and quote actors that I adore, but, you know, Dame Judi Dench talking about nerves being the generator. And I did show up and then it was fuel to play with uh, what was happening there. And then there's Una. <laughs> I got to keep going back to it. I mean, it's a wonderful thing as an actor to look into another actor's eyes and, and just see the full life of not only the character, but the world. And, and you were present every single moment. And that helped to ground me in there. I could say oh. the same exact thing about you. I literally, I'm always talking to Jordan about like how your performance is like one of my favorites. Just like that scene, you like, it's just captivating. You're just captivating as an actor. Sorry. Oh, that's just going to make me cry all over again. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a question for Ben and Una. Um, and it's about um, what aspect of Holly's character would you like to have seen more explored? I feel like there wasn't maybe enough time in the movie to explore this, but I feel like the relationship with her parents maybe, because I think that was a very complex thing that um, had a lot of potential. But um, yeah, that, that would probably be my answer, yeah. It's funny, there, for many, many drafts, there was, you know, when you have the scene at the sunset where you and, you and Jordan talk about um, what happened at home, uh, there were, for many drafts, there, that scene was in the movie. And then I cut it because, you know, I was getting notes to kind of focus more and more on the kids. I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of characters in this movie. We haven't even gotten into like the police side of things and, and that much right. of the play in Brandon. So, I mean, so anyway, so I, I ended up cutting it exactly for time and to keep things moving. And, and luckily, I mean, the great thing was you bring so much in that scene uh, at the sunset that I think it does work in terms of like the audience does know it's almost a good thing if they're hungering for more. I'd like to give it to them, but it's always a good because, you know, you do know what happened. And the most important thing is we're seeing Holly's reaction and Holly's like, you know, the lead character, not her, her parents. So I, I think, you know, that was part of the reason why we kind of use that strategy too. But yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. So I have like thousands of more questions for Ben, but I'm just going to keep it going here. Uh, so Jordan, I wanted to ask you about what your experience was like while working on this movie. This is your first movie. And not only are you like, you know, one of the lead characters, I mean, geez, your character has to do everything. You've got stunts, you've got like action sequences, you've got all these like really intense emotional scenes, you're riding bikes, you're jumping in rivers. Like talk to us what it was like to work on this movie, especially that was like so um, demanding of you as an actor and, and just physically and emotionally. Um, I think it being my first time, I was really nervous and I was really um, nervous and excited because it was so much. Like, as you said, there's a lot that Marcus does. There's a lot that he goes through. So I think it was just, it was a really good experience having somebody like Ben to be there and like kind of hold my hand. And I also got to work with like all of these really, really cool people that were super supportive of me and knew it was my first time and all helped push me on screen and like behind the scenes and they were just rooting for me. So it was just so much fun to kind of have a squad and a rally of people that kind of helped me get through this because they knew it was a it was a hard role it really was and I think it's super cool to kind of have people that you can rely on and lean on especially when you're shooting 
I wanted to follow up with a question to Brandon and hear, you know, what drew him to the role and how does he see um, the character that he played? I auditioned for the role and I had no idea that I was the first one to go in. Uh, but um, I do I do remember preparing for this. Uh, it, was, it was a big, intricate scene. I think it was the scene where I walk in and I start picking on Una's character and Jordan's character. And there's like a bunch of people at the campsite. And I had like basically like prepared the scene as in my apartment, my tiny apartment. That way, like when I was there, I can envision everything that was happening in the scene. Um, and like uh, Utide said, I think I really love when like the, the nerves fuel me. And I think that that's why, like, I think I prefer going into rooms because, you know, you get to actually talk to real people and like, you know, you get to, I, I guess you don't get to second guess your decisions. You know, you, you just go in there and you kind of perform and you kind of leave it all in the room, you know, instead of like going back to your self tape and saying, ah, I can do that better. You know, it was like, I let those, those, those feelings fuel me for sure. Um, my outlook on my character, um, I didn't like him as a person because uh, growing up, I knew people like him um, who picked on other people. But at the same time, you also have to look at him differently because of, you know, either his circumstances at home or what's happening in his personal life. So um, I, I, I try and find, especially with, with Clay, I tried to find something that I could relate to him or I tried to understand him from a more, you know, human aspect rather than just deem him as just, oh, he's the bully. I tried to find layers to his character. Um, and I, I love the fact that like Ben kind of like uh, uh, tied in his home life into the movie where like you see how he's like just like a normal person. He has a dog and, and he loves his family, but yet yet he has the social pressure or the, the pressure from his mom at home telling him, listen, if you don't make it into college, if you don't get quote unquote a big boy job, you know, you're out, you know, to fend for yourself. So there's this pressure. And I think that pressure forces him to make decisions that he, he really didn't really want to make. And he kind of uh, in a way got forced into um, and unfortunately, it ended up affecting his uh, his his love life, his his girlfriend. But uh, but yeah, like Itide um, said, I really owe a lot to Ben because he was there for any questions that I had regarding the character or the film, or or just uh, anytime I was lost. Because we shot this film, it, it, I think I was there for three weeks, but it seemed like it went so much quicker. Um, and I was just like, trying to f gather my bearings the entire time. But Ben really was there to assist all of us, and I, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's my job. But yeah, it was one of the things, you know, we shot this in three weeks, which is crazy. You know, again, it's indie film. If we had, you know, I, I originally wanted to shoot it in five or six weeks, my like, original plan, you know, we ended up doing it in three because that's what we had the money for. So, um, and it's kind of a miracle what we, what we pulled off in a lot of ways. But, right. um, but that's my job is to kind of keep, you know, keep things straight. And I wrote the script, so it's kind of easy too, because like, you know, I've lived with it for years. Um, one thing I love, I love about Clay, one of my, one of the things that I, I, I don't know if audiences totally, uh, maybe on like a second watch through, you'll even appreciate it more. But for me, a big moment is when we see Clay's home. And we meet him through Marcus's eyes. And he's kind of this, you know, this scary figure. He's a senior. He's rumored to be a drug dealer. Um, he's mm -hmm. involved with Cassie. We don't know how. But then when we see his home life, we see this other, you know, the whole idea was to play against expectation was how even the bully, when you meet them, has other stuff going on you have no idea about. And the fact that, you know, Clay is actually... I mean, Grant also has a very nice house, but, um, you know, Clay has like the nicest, it was kind of important. I was like, he should have the nicest house in the film. And, and that's kind of this, this thing that you, you, you expect him to be one thing or the audience maybe expects him to be one thing because of their own thoughts and kind of prejudices and the way we're conditioned. And then we, you know, we meet him and it's, oh, he's, he's something else entirely. And he has this pressure coming from his mom. And like, you know, that's mm -hmm. his mom's a like, successful lawyer. And so he's dealing drugs actually as a way to kind of like be like, well, I'm going to be successful, but in my own way. 
And in my neighborhood, that's a, a way to do it, which, you know, not to like, um, you know, this movie is kind of based on me growing up and like, yeah, you know, there was drug, lots of drug dealing going around like in, in my community. I'm not trying to over dramatize it. Like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm here. I grew up okay. It's not like, you know, it wasn't a war zone or anything, but it was just something that was in the background. And so that was why I kind of put that in there, you know, is it, there are definitely people I knew growing up who that was just a logical choice because, you know, the way this country structures and there's not always opportunity and that, that that is an opportunity. And then obviously for Clay, it then there are consequences to that. And he gets involved with certain people who are more dangerous than he expected. And, you know, for me too, I was going to say, it, and you can comment on this a little bit if, if, if you want, you know, he's definitely a gray moral era character, but he also goes on a journey, right? He starts in one place, but then at the end of the movie, he stands up for Marcus and is like, you know, the boy walks, like he tells the the other drug dealer characters, like, you're not going to hurt this kid. So for me, it was really important to show that kind of journey too of Clay, like being someone who is getting into this world, but then when faced with a big moral choice, he kind of makes the right choice. So that was part of the journey for the character. I think it also shows the power of love too, because, you know, it wasn't until really his girlfriend, Cassie, kind of put his back against the wall that he was like, you know, no, you know, they're fine. You know, it, it goes to show you, I think, in my belief, I think every every man needs a great woman behind him to kind of talk some sense into him. And he had Cassie. Brandon, I have a kind of a follow-up question on that. Like, it is one point in the movie where you're sort of talking about what happened to Cassie and, and how terrible it was for you and how much it hurt you for to have lost her in that way. And we kind of learn that, like, there's another side to Clay's character that we didn't know before. Like, can you just talk about how you got to that place and, you know, deliver that scene and what that scene was like to to act? We actually, I asked Ben and he was gracious enough to give me a second go at the scene because um, we shot it one day and I, I, I loved, I loved the nerves, but I think just uh, that day I was like so overwhelmed with just like, you know, I wanting to be prepared and wanting for it to be right. And for some reason, I just, that scene in specific, when we shot it the first time, it didn't feel right to me. Um, so I asked Ben, I said, Hey, if we have time, you know, towards the end of filming, can we shoot it again? You know, if possible, can we, can we do a reshoot? And we did. And uh, I'm so, so grateful for that because it really like allowed me to sit in my thoughts about like just how, how not how I wanted the scene to come out, but just like Clay's intention in the scene and like what really matters to him. And it allowed me to break down the scene over the course of a few weeks rather than just, uh, you know, shooting it on the fourth day, which is why like props to you today for like, I didn't know the fact that she came in and, and, and shot that scene like the first day of filming. Like that's insane to, to, to shoot basically backwards that's awesome. And, and I, I look up to people like that and people who I've worked with, like all of you guys, you know, you guys brought it every day. And uh, I'm just grateful that I got the opportunity to kind of do it again, to give it a second go. Quick follow up, Ben, which one did you use? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, the second one and neither. So that's so the one thing about Yatide versus Brandon's is both of those speeches, monologues cut to other stuff, other, other scenes happening over them talking. Um, in Yatia's case, that was like maybe a page and a half monologue. So it was definitely big and she memorized it perfectly and it was awesome. And I actually, uh, the first thing I showed to investors, you know, people were kind of asking how the shooting was going. I just showed her, or showed them to them a raw take of her like third take of that speech. It was just like, here's what we're doing. And they were like, wow, you know, like non-edited, not, you know, cause she <laughs> nail it. But um, Brandon's was like, three page because he's telling this whole story of kind of what happened to Cassie and it's kind of the for lack of a better it's kind of the Agatha Christie moment of like and then they were in the kitchen with the candlestick and you know it was he's kind of laying out what happened and so the idea was always to have footage over it so so yeah the, the first I, I kind of knew it would be tough to do it as like a one take thing I, tr I try I like to give actors that opportunity so I definitely 
you know, gave him the opportunity slash tortured him by saying, let's do it as like a scene in a one take. But I kind of knew we'd be cutting away. So the first time, you know, we kind of worked our way through it. It was definitely a bit rough. He, um, you know, worked on it some more, you know, the nerd got over the nerves, but whatever, came back and, and did a much better job. But I also knew we were always going to be um, cutting away to stuff. So we also in the ADR booth did stuff. And that was also my fault. I changed some things because as we edited, mm. we wanted to clarify certain things. You know, it wasn't giant changes, but it was like there were certain lines where we just clarified a little more what had happened to Cassie, et cetera. So we actually did three passes. First pass, then a second one on set, which, we, which most of the footage of him is from that second pass. But then we ADR'd uh, some other lines uh. that he was doing over, um, over the, the video over the the footage so it was it was three <laughs> put together well i have a juicy question um uh the love story between holly and grant evolved so naturally how did julian and una handle that um, <laughs> i think that for me i kind of always thought of grant as a little bit of the ron weasley of this story just kind of <laughs> like you know along for the ride and like you know silly goofy i mean in a lot of ways like personality wise he's very similar to me so it really wasn't too much of a stretch una and i got along great it, it never felt hard i don't know it felt very natural yeah i think well i think we all three clicked so well so it was never like awkward at all and and like i think I think Ben just like just created the relationship like so beautiful in the script because it's so innocent and it's so just like adolescent and I think that it wasn't too hard to channel it so yeah follow-up question for you Julian like you know you've got uh, Marcus's character and Holly's character kind of going in different directions and they're kind of active and they're sort of you know trying to figure this thing out and you're there like kind of this like rock, you know, you kind of come back and you spend more time with them towards the end and you're there for them when, when they need you. What was it like to kind of be that character, that kind of connector piece, um, you know, to kind of keep them more grounded? I, I wasn't in so many of the action shots, you know, all the falling in water and all the guns and everything. It almost felt to me like I was in a different movie from them, you know, living in this whole other world from them, which is not a bad thing. You know, it was, it was interesting to see, especially watching the movie. It was just interesting to see like, oh, wow, this is what happens in the movie now. You know, like it's, it's cause I, I was very not isolated, but like you said, I was kind of like the rock in that, like grounding them. It, it felt natural. And yeah, it was interesting to see the movie after all that though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny too there was a thing that that lasted in um many cuts until one of the last cuts when i was getting ruthless and just cutting it down and it was just like 45 seconds but you know when they go to camp in the woods and we've had a, kind of some serious tenser moments um we just improvised them like hanging out together so it's this kind of before um, when they walk into the woods before the kind of scene with una and jordan on the on the hilltop at the sunset and it stayed in for a long time. It was one of my favorite things, one of the hardest things to cut. It was very indie filmish, and in the end, we were kind of making a thriller, so I just had to cut it. But it was just like them playing. They like they like found a worm. And I remember this moment where like when I kind of holds the worm up, and Jordan's like, "Ooh, like get it out of my face!" And they're like playing this like name association game that kids play. And I'm too old to like. I mean, I yeah, you guys are probably like, "What concentra concentration, concentration?" Anyway, so this was in the movie, just this little montage of it for a long time, and then eventually I cut it. But 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 all, my only point was that was not the characters kind of melted away and it was just that relationship was so honest because it was just, we just literally rolled for like half an hour and I just said, just do stuff. And they did lots of stuff and it was easy for them to just be friends because they were friends.
We're getting some pretty persistent questions about the river scene. So I think, Ben, Jordan, can you address that? <laughs> what was it like shooting the river scene? How how did we handle the stunts, safety, all those, all the nitty gritty? Jordan first. Okay. When I was talking to Ben about it before I had, you know, gotten it and everything, he was like, well, you know, there's a scene in the water because he gave me the script to read and everything. So I was reading it. And now he was like, well, there's a scene in the water. Like, can you swim? And I was like, absolutely not. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot swim. It's not something that I do. Um, I was like, I can stand in the water if you need me to like do things like that. So we <laughs> we um kind of we were kind of like building up to the day when we were going to do the water scenes. So when we finally got to set and we did it, I there was this. Um, she was actually a tiny black woman, and she was just like me, and she had a little wig and everything, uh-huh. and she did it and it was great and it was super fun but i was just you know chilling on the side so the wide shots of you standing in the river aren't you that's a a stunt double no that is me but like some other moments yeah some other moments aren't me well some of the wide ones we know we 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 did close-ups uh we also did some extra shots and pickups but we in in the real world in the regular shoot uh into in the world of the movie Jordan was out there. He had wires. We had a little water safety team. Oh, the wow, had, had like go. so we had we had him like tied by a wire and we had someone downstream ready to like catch him. And I think in the movie almost it doesn't look that I mean hopefully it looks scary, but it doesn't look that scary. Looked real to me, man. Okay, good. <laughs> well, like, God damn. I mean, I mean the spot where we actually had Jordan was like um, you know, almost waist deep. It's moving really fast. It was like a rafting river. People like were coming, you know, coming down on rafts and stuff. We were actually holding traffic. It was like holding traffic on the street, but it was like rafting. It was like, can you just wait up there for a minute, please? And then after the take, it was like, let him through. It was funny. But um, but yeah, he, he, he was really in it. And when Marcus gets swept away, it was a stunt, it was a stunt woman uh, because we needed someone who was, you were at that point, you were 14 years old. You were like four foot, you know, eight or whatever. It was like under five feet. <laughs> a, an African-American four foot something woman. And, um, and she did a great job. And we yeah. had digitally went in and they, they digitally did little things where they kind of shaved her uh, hair and like changed the nose and stuff. Uh, no way. Sweet. Props to them. They went in and like fixed up just to make it look more like him. It was really funny. I just always think it's a typical actor thing where like, I don't know if anybody ever asked Jordan before he got cast, like, can you ride a bike? Uh, can you swim? Can you, et cetera. But I, I know I found out after he was cast, he was like, by the way, I've never ridden a bike. I can't swim. And like, and I was like, great. He totally jumped in and did it. And I mean, that, that for, and that way it was kind of a crash course for you, right? Because like, you know, Jordan was a, a theater person. He, his, I, I keep saying I should have added a scene where like Marcus is singing in the shower or something because Jordan's voice is amazing. And it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't know, it was amazing. That was his background. So it was like a crash course on you for filmmaking, right? Because like, it was like, I remember at some yeah. point, you were out in the woods with all the bugs and you're like, there's so many bugs. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, if the scene's in the woods and you're shooting a movie, you're in the woods. That's the way it works. Yeah. I was toughing it. He was like, run. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're running. Like, this is <laughs> happening. What about the shots when uh, Marcus is in the river? Was that like tank work? Like how did you guys do those shots? So, so like I said, principal was basically the same spot. He's like almost waist deep in water. It was like, you know, kind of thigh level. Um, that, that was all real. And then we did do some pickup shots of so some of the close shots of him and uh, Caleb, who plays the Joe, who he's struggling with, um, was in a quieter section of river. We actually did the pickups in Baltimore. So that was actually in the oh. total river in Baltimore. And it was a little less shallow when we we're kind of shooting like there. But they were, again, they were in the water. They were splashing. They were, you know. Um, and, and when Marcus gets carried away, right. some shots of Jordan's face. Uh, yeah. close up, yeah. And that was close-ups in like a quiet section of <laughs> river. Oh, in the river. Wow. 
It was in the river. Poor Jordan. We kept putting him under the water. Oh, it sounds like I'm torturing a, a, a child. And I guess on some levels I am, but professionally. So I'm sorry, Jordan, but it looks good. Um, there was actually a stunt person like taking a chair and not, not hitting him. It was, but they, they were like paddling the water, like splashing him. So it's like Jordan's oh. in the water being held by a stunt person, kind of holding him so that he can kind of be shaken. And then someone else like splashing him. And that's how we got those shots. Well, I want to ask Una a question um, then just about Holly and like, you know, how she's a badass character and like really takes charge and action in a lot of the movie. And I just wanted to know, like, did you have any inspiration for, uh, you know, bringing that character to life? Like, what did you draw from to like kind of give her that energy? I don't want to like steal Julian's example, but like I kind of felt a lot of like Hermione like vibes from her <laughs> and I would love to think that like that kind of like relationship existed in the movie. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like I do know that like doing that scene in the hallway was like, I found out a lot about Holly, like just like doing that scene in the mm -hmm. hallway where I like freak out. Like yeah. I just, I was like one of the most fun shoot like scenes to shoot. And I think I got a lot of like the strength, like I'll do anything for my friends, like from like that scene. I love the part in the movie where you come back from that scene and you join Marcus in his house and it's just like, oh yeah, you know, whatever, suspension, no big deal or whatever it is. And it's just like, you like, you didn't give a shit. You're like, did you get it? Did it work? You know, it was, it was fun. Day, what's your favorite moment uh, between takes that you had on set? Between takes? I mean, there were so many because as you can tell, just spending a little time with everyone here. I mean, it was just such a great group of people. It was so much fun. Uh, at some point, if y'all haven't done this yet, you have to listen to this, uh, to Jordan sing, because that voice is just stunning. And I don't know how it came about, but we ended up taking a picture. Do you remember this, Jordan? Taking a picture and sending it to Kristen Chenoweth. Because I do remember you this. <laughs> and she wrote back, she was like, oh, he seems amazing. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a fun little moment of uh, one that stuck out. I still have that message back from her <laughs> about how adorable you are. <laughs> I don't know what your next question is, guys, but I, I know I just love to hear, because uh, I've never gotten really asked about it either. Uh, Itide and Jordan talk about that relationship between uh, Marcus and, and Alex and his mother. Because for me, you know, I'm writing it, that was such an important part of the story was that relationship and how, and even though those outside pressures, how tight they are. But I mean, how was that for you guys to play and what did you kind of take from that or whatever? Jordan first, you go ahead. I think we both kind of had an understanding of the importance of their relationship to the story and the importance of how we had to play that together and their togetherness and just their bond in general. It was really clear on the page. And when we met each other, we kind of clicked right away and we both understood each other and we got each other and we bonded um, over Broadway and just different things that we were into. So I think it was super cool to kind of have, um, to kind of have her to kind of push me like in the kitchen scene um we always talk about I, every time i watch it i'm always like that scene is so good and i love watching that scene and it's just because yatide was pushing me she was pushing me and i was giving it back and it was just so cool to kind of have a scene partner that you could play with and rely on to be there for you yeah i mean jordan from the get-go I, I i think you said that um that we just clicked pretty much immediately and we understood each other um and what I loved about what you had written in here, Ben, was you, there was never any question about 
um, the love for her son. There was no question about it. Uh, she would choose him over anything at any point. And I love that they even spoke about, you know, the father and what was going on with that situation. But so it was, it was wonderful that we shared a lot of the same interests. And it was wonderful that, you know, even though I didn't have a son, I felt like this, this was my child. Sorry, Jordan, I, I forever to this day, I'll say you're my screen son, <laughs> forever. Same, same. Were any parts of the film improvised or did you guys all stay on script the whole time? Oh, I, I know a moment that was improvised. Um, there's a line where I say, um, I think he's saying something about like how he stole his parents like weed essentially. And I said, this is criminal behavior. That was what I said, that wasn't written. Um, and there's a couple moments where like, I'm just fooling around and I'm always like, oh, that's me. Instead of like, there being like, <laughs> instead of being like, there's Marcus, I see little moments of like Jordan coming through and I'm like, I'm, it's super cool that Ben kept those. Ben also said that, you know, the scene when we were camping and setting up the tents and the uh, campfire and everything, that was all just like, I, Ben, you said like, just go and try to set up the tent. Go and like make a fire. You didn't you know, <laughs> film does what we did that. It, certain types of films, improvisation of dialogue makes sense, but because it was like so tight and trying to keep it moving, it was in general, in general, it was all on script. But I always, you know, I always try to let the actors add, you know, the, the reason, the, the moments that Jordan was talking about were just little moments where he just kind of tried something and if it worked, you know, I put it in because it just adds a little bit of character. I mean, I kind of wish in some ways that we even had more, you know, uh, I, I think Jordan and I talked about this. Like it was Jordan's first film. And I think we both would go back and put even a little more of Jordan's personality into Marcus if we had, you know, had the chance. I love when you get to catch those moments of like your actor in a movie that you just see themselves, the, them come out in their character. And every time that happened in the movie I'm working on right now, I kept it too. So yeah, it's wonderful that that happened. Oh, and, and one, one more improvisation I just remembered was, uh, was Brandon and the tater tot, which was totally Brandon, oh, 100%, nice. <laughs> and it's 100% in the movie, and it's awesome. Do you remember that, Brandon? I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> we were filming it, and we shot it a couple times, and I think uh, I just wanted to try something different, so I went up to him, and I asked him to spit it out. And I, I tried holding it in so, so bad. <laughs> At the end of that take, everybody just died laughing. When I finally saw it in the movie, I was like, yes, yes. That was a really brilliant moment. As, a, as an audience <laughs> member, I was just like, dude, this movie's wild. <laughs> Every great. friend of mine that's watched that moment has always been like, that's like the ultimate, like, you got sunned moment. Like, all of my <laughs> friends are always like, he got so sunned in that moment. And I'm always like, yeah, it was really badass. It was cool, though, because like you said, uh, Eric, he kind of just went with it. And I appreciate that, you know, because, uh, you know, with, with improv, I've, I've known a lot of people just freeze up and they're like, what do we do? This isn't in the script, but he just went with it and it was awesome. Everybody who worked in the project just kind of like rolled with the punches and, and we all, I mean, as you can see, the movie turned out, in my opinion, to be great, you know, and Ben did a wonderful job, but it all starts with the writing and then from there we kind of make it our own and, and he gave us the freedom to do so. I just have one more thing I'd love to ask them uh, just about, uh, and maybe this is what you're going to ask too, but just like, you know, just kind of what the Go movie meant to you and, and what you want audiences to take away from it. Because I always think that's something that I want to hear when I'm in the Q&A is like, you know, just, yeah, what it means to you, both being in it and kind of as a viewer and like, you know, what, what you kind of want people to take away from this movie when they see it. One thing I loved is um, Mark is talking about standing up for what is right. I mean, this is a message that at any time is incredibly important, but it was, I, I found it resonated uh, particularly at this moment to see this coming of age 
story about young people learning to stand up against all odds for what they know is right. And then that will stick with me forever. So thanks for that, Ben. No, thank you guys. That's yeah. And, and that is a key in the little description I had to write. I have to like write a description for the distributors. And that's literally, it's like, you know, when Marcus and Holly are at high school and this ha- are at high school and this happens, they stand, they, they learn for the first time in their lives to stand up for what they believe is right. That's like literally in my little one page summary or like one paragraph summary. So I'm really glad you took that from that. And it's, uh, it's really important to me too. That was a, a key part of the story. So that's, I think another thing that's great about this movie is that there's, there's kind of at least one character for, any audience member to relate to. There's many storylines that all kind of, you know, mesh at the end, but throughout the movie, you have that person, I think. Everyone kind of has a person that they can relate to and kind of follow more closely. And that's just something I noticed when I watched it that I I thought was pretty cool. I feel like for me, the uh, maybe redemption, it's never too late to kind of change your ways or or to try and you know, be better, you know, yeah, you might have made mistakes in the past, but you know, it's never too late to try and just um, do what's right. And I think that that's what happens with the place character in the beginning, you know, he gets involved in, in things that he's not too proud of. But at the end, you know, he does what's right. And he stands by the kids and whatnot. So maybe redemption is one of the biggest themes that I took away from this film. For me, it's kind of, I love the fact that um, kind of along the lines of what Yatide was saying, it's kind of like not underestimating the power of young people and the power that they can bring to things and when they see that something's wrong like they can take charge and they can lead it because at the end of the day we all know that we're kind of in a broken place in our country right now and we need the younger people to fix it we need people that are coming after us to fix it and i think marcus holly and grant kind of leading the charge is such a powerful thing especially at this time yeah and i guess i would say i would add on to that i think like like three young people and and I think like Marcus and Holly, especially like them coming together and realizing the importance of this and realizing that they need each other to do it at all. Like I think they need that like camaraderie and like, like I got you, I got you. And yeah, I think that was, yeah, big thing for me too. I think what everyone said is right. I think that um, it's a hard thing to kind of stand up for what you believe in and stand up for. It's a hard thing to do the right thing, you know? And um, sometimes it comes from the least expected place too. I think, you know, the reason Marcus is who he is, he's, he's young, he's kind of nerdy. Um, I think one thing I believe in is that, you know, heroes don't have to be superheroes. That often the most heroic thing is when, you know, for lack of a better word, regular people stand up for what's right. There are often people who care about stuff that nobody else cares about. And that's kind of what happens in this movie is, um, is Cassie goes, goes missing and, you know, there's so much going on in the world that not everyone's really paying attention and really digging into it. And obviously with the cop storyline, there are also some, some reasons, some corruption reasons why it's not being looked into totally too. Um, but Marcus cares. Marcus just sees this very simple thing of like, she was nice to me. She was a good person to me and to other people and she's gone missing and somebody needs to do something about it. And if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to stand up and do it. And, and also I think what Brandon was saying about redemption is also with, with the mole we have, we don't have a, uh, Lizard James here right now, but with the kind of cop storyline too, there's definitely some stuff there about what it means to to be a good cop and serve your community, and what it means to kind of stand up for what's right there as well. And, you know, not, not because it's the convenient thing to do, but because it's the right thing to do, and that that does make for a better, um, you know, a better community. So Ben, where can people watch this movie? Where should they go right now if they haven't seen it yet? Let, let's tell everybody. 
on demand. It's on every cable service. So you got DirecTV, Dish, Comcast, Spectrum, Verizon, Fios. Digitally, it's on iTunes, Vudu, Amazon, Fandango Now, Google Play, Xbox, YouTube Movies. The DVD will be available at the major retailers. And it's also still in theaters in uh, Massachusetts, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and virtual theaters and lots of other places. Uh, Philadelphia Film Society just added it. So it's, yeah, it's in a bunch of different uh, virtual theaters as well. So really just, you know, support your local theater if you can, or uh, from the safety of your home, go check it out on all the digital services and, uh, and keep engaging with us online. You know, we'd love to hear what you think. You know, you can, our social media, we're here to, you know, say hey and, and continue the conversation. And I really hope people enjoy the movie. That's why we made it. We made it for, for years to bring it out to people and just have them enjoy it and be moved by it and, you know, engage with it. But basically, there's no excuse not to watch this film because it's on every platform. <laughs> basically, yeah. Yeah. We'll just want to thank the amazing cast of What We Found too, for joining us today and for being a part of this amazing Q&A. So thank you for taking the time with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, if you don't know who we are, uh, Liz and Ulrich of Mickey Movies is Hard. Uh, you can find our podcast at www.mickeymoviesishard.com. We do a show every week. We've been going for uh, over five years now. Uh, I think episode 270 just came out. Um, oh, so if you want to hear about making movies and how hard it is, um, yeah, jump over there. <laughs> and we're going to have Ben on as a future guest too, um, you know, in addition to this bonus episode, because this will be an episode that everybody in our, our podcast, you know, will hear all the our whole audience. But uh, we want to do another one later just to get really into the nitty gritty of this movie and, and all his other movies too. Thanks to everyone out there watching and uh, thanks to all of you guys for coming and chatting with us. And thanks to Liz and Ulrich for hosting and guiding the conversation.